0: Well, greetings to each of you and welcome to The Shakedown, a podcast about corrections for corrections and by corrections. I am your host, Aaron Dawson. Good to be with you uh, yet again as we continue uh, talking about the incredible career that is Corrections. Maybe I should say challenging career that is corrections. There are times where it is incredible, and there's times where it's not so incredible, but it is consistently uh, challenging. But anyway, I'm uh, glad to be with you as we're moving into the fall season, uh, where many parts of the country, it's already cooler. Uh, other parts, it's just getting cooler. And then for some of you, uh, it's Still warm, still hot, but that's beside the point. Good to be with you again. And uh, I'd like to begin talking about a a topic that is, uh, I think, is extremely crucial. As I have the opportunity to travel and to train uh, across the country, uh, often uh, I'll I'll do kind of a, a survey among the people that are in the class. And, and one question that I often ask is, is how many people in the room, in the class, are are supervisors. And then of those people that raise their hands and say, yeah, I'm, I'm supervisor, I'm responsible for staff, I ask them how many of them received training specific to supervision when they were promoted to a position of supervision. And it is very, very rare for me to have more than two or three people uh, raise their hands uh, saying that they have received training specific to being a supervisor. I'm going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, Uh, You know that 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 is a travesty. Uh, That is an oversight. Uh, I'm not necessarily condemning any agency uh, or or any uh, individual by saying that, but it truly is, Um, because being a good corrections officer requires a specific skill set. And you know, we, we focus on training and you know, as far as use of force and, and deliberate indifference and doc, uh, documentation and report writing and defensive tactics and handcuffing and all these, these components that make up uh, what it takes to be a good and successful and effective corrections officer. But then we promote somebody to a position of supervision. And that, though that does require that they be an effective corrections officer, supervision requires a completely and totally different skill set. And if we are not equipping those supervisors, or if you happen to be a supervisor and you're listening to this and you're, or you're watching this and you're saying, yeah, <laughs> that's me. You know, I was handed a shift or I was handed a, 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 a certain area of responsibility that included staff. And, you know, it was a totally different ball game when I got there. Or maybe you know you're just getting started in this career, and and you'd like to, um, you know, consider maybe moving into a supervisory role in the future. Well, let me encourage you. Uh, it is important that we develop some of these supervision skills, and and I like to spend a few episodes talking about what some of those skills are, the basics, if you will. Of supervision. Uh, for those of you that have been supervisors for a while, maybe it'll be a, a new thing for you, or maybe it'll be a reminder. You can sharpen those skills. For those of you that are uh, considering, maybe, uh, hopefully, moving into a supervision role sometime in the future, uh, these are some things that you can learn and file away so that when it comes your time, you're ready to go. Uh, so I'd like to jump into to this thought process as of what does it take to be a good supervisor? And I've said many times that the basics of of running a jail, that is your line-level staff's responsibility. The line-level staff, that is the supervisor's responsibility. And so uh, our primary focus as supervisors is our staff. And uh, one of the primary responsibilities as far as that focus is, is making sure that they have what it is that they need. <clears throat> Excuse me. The things that they have uh, that they need to be successful. And so I'd like to spend a few minutes talking about what is it that our staff needs. Well, the first thing that they need is they need to know what are the expectations. What are our expectations? What are the administration's expectations for them? What is it that they are expected to do? How is it they're expected to act? Uh, What roles are they expected to fulfill? Well, how do we convey those expectations to them? Well, we convey them, first of all, by the training uh, that that we provide them when we train them uh, in use of force, when we train them in report writing, when we train them in deliberate indifference, when we train them in in defensive tactics and handcuffing and all these things. What we are conveying first of all is is you are expected to act in a way that reflects the training that we are providing, and that puts a great deal of pressure on the administration and us as supervisors because if our policy says one thing and our training says one thing, and then the way we uh, carry out our daily routines. If they do, if those do not line up, that's confusing. We're conveying one, on one hand with our training, these are expectations. And then we're conveying in real life. Well, I know that's what it says, but that's not how we do it. And what you're conveying, what, what you're communicating to your staff is, is yes, this is what policy says. Yes, this is what the book says. This is what the inmate handbook says. This is what the training says. Um, but We just we just make it work uh, however we need to. And what that communicates to that officer is, okay. even though I'm told to do this or I'm trained to do this, I have the freedom to decide on my own how it is that I need to act and how it is that I need to conduct myself and how it is that I need to carry out my day to day uh, activities and responsibilities, which is not the case, uh, because if they act outside of policy. Uh, number one, it's going to result in some disciplinary action. But number two, that takes them out from under the umbrella of uh, qualified immunity uh, when they act outside of policy. And if we are encouraging that, that's on us. So we can we communicate expectations uh, through the training that we give them, and we communicate expectations through the information uh, that we that we uh, present them with, and you know, whether that be memos, or whether that be internal messages, or whether that be uh, you know. Our our day-to-day communication, the information that we provide them, we communicate to them uh, what those expectations are. I'm going to tell you from experience, when you communicate clearly what your expectations are to your staff, and you back that up through your action, that gives them the confidence and helps them to know exactly what it is that we expect of them to know and how we expect them to act. I've often said that it is, it is a fitting testimony to a supervisor that let's say they happen to be out of the building. Maybe they have an errand to run, or maybe they have a transport to do, or maybe they're, they're sick or they're on vacation. They're not in the building, Do your staff know how to conduct themselves? Do they know how to function and would they do it the same, whether you're there or not? If the answer is no, then it is a very real possibility that we have not been effective at communicating what it is uh, that we expect of them. So the first thing they need to know from us is, is they need to know what our expectations are, uh, from them, and so that leads us into the second thing that we need to provide that our officers need from us, and that is encouragement. That is encouragement. Question: Are our officers doing what we want and what we expect? Are they doing? Are they meeting that expectation that that we've just talked about that we've put out there for them in our training and our communication, the information? Are they meeting that level of expectation? If they are, tell them. Tell them that they're meeting that expectation. It doesn't have to be a party with balloons and streamers or a trophy or a ceremony. It could be something as simple as, hey, I want you to know, I've noticed that you've been working hard at maintaining control in this housing unit that you're responsible for, and I want you to know I appreciate that. Good job. It could be something as simple as that. You know, there's something about human nature. Uh, We tend to focus on the negative. And part of that's ingrained in us as corrections officers. I mean, if you if you walk through a housing unit or you walk through a, a pod or whatever layout your jail is, and you're looking at these housing units, you're looking at the inmates, what are our eyes? What, what are we trained to look for? What are our minds? Uh, what are we looking for? Well, in most cases, we're looking for a violation of of the rules we're looking for an issue we're looking for a problem that we need to address so that it doesn't spin out and, and, and grow and fester and become a bigger problem or a bigger issue and that's ingrained in us to look for the issues to look for the problems well the issue or the problem with that is is when we take that same mindset to our staff and we're looking at our officers, we're looking at those people that we're responsible for, if we're not careful, all we are looking for is the negative. All we are looking for are the issues or the problems. If there's no issue, if there's no problem, fantastic. We rock on and, and we don't feel like there's anything that we need to address. Well, if we only focus on the negative, if the only time that our staff hears from us is when something is wrong. If the only time they hear from us is when they're lacking in something, they aren't doing uh, what it is that we want them to do completely or they're missing steps or whatever the case may be. If the only time they hear from us is when, when their work and their, and their performance is, quote-unquote, unsatisfactory. If the only time they hear from us, we are bringing negative feedback Without even realizing it, they're going to psychologically equate our presence with the negative. I can remember uh, one time I was a supervisor on night shift. Um, You know, usually if you're a night shift supervisor, well, if you're you're on night shift at all, you usually don't see members of the administration. And you surely, very rarely see the sheriff. Well, uh, there's one night, you know, we're working. And uh, I'm a supervisor, I'm a sergeant over the shift and and we're dealing with things, you know, we're, we're running our shift, And I get a, I get a phone call from the master control officer. Well, when I answer the phone call, he tells me, he says, Hey, just want to let you know, the sheriff just walked in the building. Now there was a deal of great deal of concern in his tone and in his inflection. Uh, and I'll be honest as soon as i heard what it, that that message that he conveyed to me there was a, there was a, a some concern in my mind there was a little bit of anxiety there was a little bit of thought of okay wait a minute you know what's wrong who messed up why is it that the sheriff is in the building this late at night well the truth of the matter is uh, she had simply stopped by uh, to pick some pick up something that she left in her office. earlier that day she was fixing to take a trip. you know she needed to get this item and so she was just stopping by and so she came to the jail, you know, spoke to the mass control officer, spoke to the officers that she passed, and went on to her office. There was nothing there negative uh, that that uh, she was there to do. she was simply there to, to get something. But the mindset was, myself, the master control officer and the other officers, because later that night, you know, I had officers come to me and say, Hey, uh, I heard the sheriff was, was in the building tonight. Yeah, that's right. Well, was everything okay? Is everything fine? Now, not that our sheriff made a habit of the only time we saw them was when there was something negative, but because that's the culture, because that's so often the focus in their mind, immediately, the only reason that the sheriff could be in the building after hours was Is it somebody messed up, something was wrong, and somebody was fixing to get sent home or somebody was fixing to get fired? It was the thought that it must have been negative. When we interact with our officers, when we call them to our office, when we stop at their workstation and we communicate with them, do we make a habit of coming by simply to see how things are going, see if they have any questions, see if they have any issues that we can help them with? Or do we simply, do we come by and say, hey, you know, I just wanted to check on you and see how things were going. We need to make a habit of encouraging our staff members. We work in an environment uh, that, that uh, confronts us with difficulty, tragedy, heartache, violence, addiction, struggles on a physical and a psychological level. We exist in an environment that, that is completely consumed with the negative. And as every one of you know, it is very easy. It is very easy for us to fall into a, a cynical spiral where our view of, of work, our view of people, our view of the world, our view of life is negative. Well, our officers are fighting that same battle that we are. And for some of them, they're also experiencing difficulty in their personal lives. They're also experiencing difficulty in their families and in their finances and and so forth and so on. So not only are they coming to work, where the focus is is often only negative, but they're also experiencing some issues at home in the quote-unquote real world. Would it not make sense for us as supervisors, as being that we're responsible for our staff uh encouraging them and saying, hey, I just want you to know I appreciate the work that you do. I appreciate what it is that that you bring to the team. You know, I, I took note of the fact that you did X, Y, or Z. And I want to say, hey, high five. <laughs> As one guy used to work for me, say it all the time. I want you to know I appreciate that. So these these two things, and and hopefully we'll continue uh, next week talking about this. But these two things, imperative things that our staff need they need they need to know what our expectations are, and they need to hear from us not just when there's an issue, not just when there's a problem, but also when we can bring encouragement to them. Well, guys. I hope this uh, this just stirs up some thoughts. Uh, if you've had some thoughts about it, you want to shoot us an email. Uh, you can shoot us an email at Shakedown uh, the Shakedown at JailTraining Love to hear from you. Um, um, but in the meantime, guys, stay sharp, stay safe, stay vigilant. Godspeed.